it really real, son? Let me know what's real, son, if it's really real. Something I can feel, son, loaded up and kill one. One of your deals, son, if it's really real. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Shoot This Now podcast. I am Matt I am Tim Malloy. This is the podcast where every week we talk about stories that we think should be turned into movies or TV shows. Or content. Whatever. To use the current word. Webisodes. Do people still say webisodes? Miniseries, television events. Any of that kind of thing. Any kind of moving picture on a screen. We want to see things turn, to, turn from real life events or stories. Anecdotes, magazine articles we might like. Tweets. Other podcasts. Or in this case, a very strange combination of several things. Yeah. From my own life and from a podcast I was listening to called Mike Dicta, <laughs> which is a legal podcast. Da Bears. Named after Da Bears guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Mike Dicta is, but it's some kind of a legal term. Yeah. And they talk about different legal issues. And one of the legal issues they talked about in the latest episode, which was really entertaining, um, is the Slenderman case. Oh, well, wherein to be clear, the episode might have been entertaining. The Slenderman case is horrific. It's actually so horrific that I, it's one of those things that I like forced myself to keep listening to mm-hmm. and was like, okay, um, no other podcasts are downloading right now at the gym. I guess I'm stuck with this, but I really don't like listening to this. It's really unpleasant. It's dark, dark but stuff. Eventually, I stuck with it, and this is the importance of perseverance. Eventually, I did get something out of it, <laughs> and that is the material for today's episode. Um, the inspiration, if you will. Yeah, and before we jump in, I just want to say one thing, because I think this came up in a meeting we had today. Someone said, uh, we were talking about the, the emotional reality and, and science of hate watching. Yeah. How when you're motivated to watch something because you, I, I imagine it's the way that people, that liberals would watch Fox News mm-hmm. or, or conservatives or right-wing nuts would watch, um, or sorry, right-wing people would that watch. Was, that uh, was a good way to pose the two sides equally. Thanks. Liberals and conservative nuts. <laughs> the two <laughs> extremes of the political spectrum. Um, and there we have the Matt Donnelly judgment from Tim Malloy at the top of the episode. Thank you. At the very top of, of Shoot This Now. Um, but we were talking about the science of hate-watching stuff, and then I think, Tim, you said in our all-hands edit meeting here at The Rap, where we both work, in case no one knew, that we work together at a journalism place. Called The Rap. Which is what all the reporters call it, a journalism place. Hey, this is Tim Malloy. I'm a reporter from a journalism place. Oh, yeah, yes. what's up? They're like, oh, it's you. You're the, you're the one reporter in this world. Also, um, if you are uh, if you work for Stacey Dash, uh, I've been calling you all day know, saying you have this been is on Tim Malloy she has from to have a journalism place. You couldn't find her agent? She has a lot of people, and none of them call you back. Okay, that's frustrating. Anyway, what you said was, we were all talking about, yeah, I hate watch this, I hate watch that, and you're like, I have an idea. Don't watch stuff you hate and you'll save so much yeah. time. It reminded me of this thing. One of my early mentors in high school, I, uh, a, 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 a teacher who I was very close with, um, and I was trying to be a writer and I was really into English and, and, and I, she would give me all these extra homework and stuff to read and like, you know, feed my young mind and, and make me incorrigible. Um, <laughs> and I couldn't get through some of the stuff she gave me and it made me feel stupid. And she's like, Matt, if you can get best the first 30 pages of a book, any book for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. put it down. Life is very short. That's right. So it made me wonder though, sometimes if you do stick it out, it's like people who are so obsessed with finishing infinite jest, even mm-hmm. though it's a, it's a total middle finger to everyone. The fact that it's like a thousand pages long, it's like, you don't need to finish it. Okay. I've tried many times and yeah. I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one exception with hate watching and hate listening. Okay. If you're hate listening this right now, keep doing please it. Please keep doing it. Get your you friends to do it hate, too. Hate five star it. Hate five star it on hate iTunes. Hate tweet it. Yeah. Just to show how much you hate it. 
Um, we're totally okay with that. And maybe really <laughs> sarcastically post like an effusive way over the top review of how great it is. I know. Um, without indicating that you're being sarcastic because it's so obvious because your review is so over the top good and your recos to all your friends are so positive. Uh, um, yeah. So so anyway. Mike Mike Dicta. Mike Dick Dick. A really, a really good legal podcast where a lot of people just kind of weigh in. So many people that you can't really keep track of who's talking. Mm-hmm. That's not a criticism. It's just it adds to the experience. Um, they were talking about the Slenderman case. And in the Slenderman case, if you're not familiar with it, you probably are. Slenderman is a mythical internet villain. Yes. Um, a cr- scary creature created by people online um, who I guess just sort of stalks and kills kids or something like that. Yeah, I don't know that there's any really specific mythology around him except for the fact that when he appears, it won't be long mm-hmm. until something terrible happens. I don't know that you can like invoke him or anything, but I think that it also... Slenderman is any kind of long, bendy shadow in a frame. So it's something that you mm-hmm. can probably, it, you know, it's like if you look hard enough for it, you can find it. It's like shapes in the fireplace or, or shapes in clouds. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. probably find a Slenderman looking thing in any picture. And in case you can't, lots of people have photoshopped them into images and old images percent. to make it even creepier. Mm-hmm. And the coolest, creepiest thing about it is um, once you're aware of him, he's aware of you. <laughs> Which is so. Be warned now, everyone. Slenderman knows exactly who you are. Yeah, um, but don't do what two twelve-year-old Wisconsin mm-hmm. girls did. Um, they were both dealing with mental illness, mm-hmm. and both to impress this mythical creature, stabbed one of their classmates, one of their best friends. Insane. According to the police report, within a millimeter of her life. It's really a horrible. Oh, so case. the girl. I'm so, forgive me. The girl lived. The girl lived. I thought she Thank died. Thank God, the girl lived. She lived. Um, but this brought the question for the judges, or for the judge in the case, how do you sentence two 12-year-olds who did something this horrific? And yeah. It's like, are they adults? Are they children? Um, they did this to impress a mythical character on the internet. How much freedom do you want to give them after this? Um, and how much treatment? Like, where, where is the balance there for somebody who's done something yeah. so horrific but also may not realize what they've done? Yeah. Also, and um, the other thing, too, the... I guess you did say stab, so that's fine. Mm-hmm. I just the one thing that struck me about the case is that like I feel like you know setting the house on fire or um, you know maybe like an idle stab, but I think they stabbed her quite a bit in a very violent episode, Awful, which does yeah. not track with the I'm 12 and maybe under the sway of a message board. It's very very violent. It's super premeditated, also. Like they planned yeah. this for a long time, so they were insane enough. And I'm not a psychologist, obviously. Right. I don't mean to throw around the clinical terms, but they're obviously mentally. Um, off enough to think this was an okay thing to do or a good thing to do, mm-hmm. but not so mentally off that they couldn't do it. Right. Um, so they're in a very strange place from an ethical standpoint, mm-hmm. from a sentencing standpoint. Sure. Um, that movie has been made. It, HBO has made a documentary yes. about this. And by the way, we don't suggest documentaries on Shoot This Now. We no. like we like ad- adaptations for feature films and scripted content. But Tim is technically right; it has been made into a film. But also, I don't want to watch like the film adaptation of this because this is again really unpleasant yeah. to think about, and there's real lives involved. Instead, yes. I want someone, perhaps one of our listeners, mm-hmm. perhaps Matt will dissuade me from this even being a good idea. Maybe he'll say, you know, if you were thinking in the back of your head, Tim, about writing this, maybe I am. Maybe you are. Maybe you'll go. That is such a stupid idea. Why is that even on our podcast? Much less, why would you spend however long it would take to write this? Um, But what I would rather see is something inspired by this situation, a Black Mirror type scenario, Mm -hmm. where it begins thusly. 
<laughs> we fade in on a very, very old man who has been staring at a screen forever. People walk into the room where he's been staring at this screen, like collecting spider webs, mm-hmm. and he immediately attacks them and is like ready to pluck their eyes out. He's just like super hyper violent. And somebody's like, oh, no, 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 they should have warned you. Like, he can't differentiate reality from the internet. So we go back 70 years, whatever it is, and figure out how he got that way. And we start off with a kid who's playing all of the cute online games like, you know. Candy Crush. Yeah. And then up to like first person shooters, like shoot the balloons with your gun. And then we we go forward a little bit, um, shoot the rabbits with your gun, Mm. shoot the people with your gun shoot the different things, and then this kid like gets a real gun and shoots somebody. Mm. So they turn the kid loose. The person lives. They turn, the judge is like, I don't know what to do. This kid is six. Turn them loose again. Now, this is the big fear with the Slender Man. Like, no judge, as they explained on Mike Dicta, no judge wants to let a kid loose who's going to do something again. Right. Like, the last thing they want is like, oh, so the girls stabbed somebody, and then you decided to set them free, and then they stabbed someone else. Yeah. That's very bad. That's like when your other judge friends are like, whoa, not a great call. The other judges are like, do you lose like judgment? Judge- <laughs> Zing. Like not to be judgy, but that judgment was poor judgment. Are you guys judging me? <laughs> yeah, we are. You let someone go who then committed another Judgy crime. Judgerton over there. Wow. People make mistakes. Now, here's the other thing that came into play when I was thinking about this whole thing and listening to this podcast. Yeah. Yesterday, we went over to see my best friend of 30 years who now has a child who is almost Oh, your uncle old. that I met at the screening. No, I'm kidding. My best Cut friend. Yeah. You're saying my only friends are in my family? No, you introduced your best friend to me as your uncle. Oh, I did? And it was an inside joke, you said. That was a complicated callback. Yeah. Here's what happened. Don't do it. Don't do it. Let's move Don't do on. it. Let's move on. Okay. Past. All right. Yeah. All right. So you went to your best friend's house of how many years? 30 years. And he said that his son, who hasn't started kindergarten yet, he's very much at the age where he's like figuring out how the world works. Mm-hmm. And so my friend was like, this is really funny. Like ask him what's real and what's not. Also, my friend Juan, shout out to Juan. He's like, Juan. ask him what's real and what's not real. And I'm like, is the floor real? And he's like, no. And I'm like, am I real? And he's like, yeah. Oh. Like, is the cat real? Yeah. Is the ceiling real? No. So eventually, what comes out is that like things that are alive he considers real, but things that aren't alive he considers fake. Interesting. So this is like a cool way to see the world. But here's the scary part, Uh-oh. and this is the part that like baffles his father and everyone. Slend- have- He's like Slenderman is real. <laughs> <laughs> Slenderman, I can see him right now. Can you? We asked him, "Are guns real?" And he said, "Yes." Mm. So it seems like in his system, interesting things that are alive or can take life are real. Wow. Just let that sink in for that's a little a, bit. Oh, that's a dark moral code for a young child. Yeah. Unintentionally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say, um, um, what's that? What's that? Smart? It's, by the way, it's Monday and I'm not on firing on my pistons at the end of the day. What's the word for when you're a, a subject of your environment? Um, Product? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it's not a dark thinking, but it, it, it's, I think it's very indicative of the world we live in. Yeah. Kid, absolutely. Yeah. Because he's also asking lots of questions this week about guns. Because, and my friend, this was so heartbreaking. I That's don't know because if I someone called him a crisis actor on the sidewalk, Tim. That's yeah. why. That child, how old is he? Two? Four? Yeah. yeah. Well, they've been training him to be a crisis actor. He yeah. has an agent. And he booked? Yeah. Mazel booked, tov. Yeah. He's available if you're doing anything in Burbank. He's Next totally stop, available. Maze Runner 3. It doesn't have to be a major crisis either. He will. Oh, no. Um, it could be like uh, the valet can't find your keys. Yeah. Um, you gain three pounds. By the way, 
that thing makes me madder than like anything. What? The crisis actor thing. Oh yeah. Because I know somebody who lost their child in oh, one of these shootings. No. I'm not gonna like say who they were, but like, how fucked up is it that people are like, oh, like I can go on the internet and look up this person's name, and they're like, oh yeah, that's not a real person. And like, no, that is a real person. Like I've. I won't even say like how I know them, but like we've carried on many conversations like over a period of years. Oh my god! Like it's just fucking ridiculous. Anyway. By the way, I thought I honestly thought when, actors. when you said that's what obsessed me most of all, I literally thought you were going to say when the ballet loses my keys. So imagine my surprise when you revealed something very personal and tragic, and I'm so sorry. Um, it it just <laughs> it it's just it's a very it, it one of the things that obsesses me more than anything else is when people say that those are faked. Because yeah. they are officially yeah. not faked. Right. I know firsthand right. they are not faked. Okay. As do countless others. Yes. And the number is growing. We'll tell you. So, so anyway. I'd, I'd like a scene where the kid mm-hmm. can't differentiate between what's real and what's fake. Like, okay. obviously, my friend's, my friend's son will figure it out right. in any time. He's got really smart parents and he's a really sweet kid. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like a moment in time that's cute that he doesn't know reality from fakeness. But I want this kid to like be like 12 and mm-hmm. not know the difference and have it keep going. So then they're released again. They commit another crime. This goes on and on. This whole thing, I think, can feel like an hour, like sort of the game of they can't tell reality from yeah. fake, and mm-hmm. they have basically no empathy for others um, because others are video game characters. And also, there's an, and, and there's always another life where you can reset the game. Mm-hmm. You can constantly go back and, yeah. And here's how it ends. Um, again, tell me if this is bad. Okay. I want the judge to just like throw up her hands and go like, I sentence you to spend the rest of your life on the internet. And... That's the punishment. They're not going to go to prison. Yeah. They're not like a danger to society walking the streets, but they have to stay in this room and just exist online. Because that's the only place that they can exercise some kind of responsibility or not be, or not, no, rather not be a threat. Mm hmm. Um, I mean, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I think it's like, um, you go live in the matrix for a while. Yeah. And don't hurt anybody. There aren't many like, the idea of the creative sentencing, I think, exists in like two worlds the Black Mm -hmm. Mirror world Mm -hmm. and then like, the lifetime rom-com world where it's like, I'll grant you a divorce after 30 <laughs> days of cohabitation in this idyllic cabin, Cameron Diaz and A plus K. What's his Ashton Kutcher? Oh, that's a um, great casting for that. Yeah, actually. Um, Is that a real movie? That's No, it's it's what happens in Vegas. Ashton wins a million dollars from a, shot, a, a slot machine they, when they get drunk on the married the night before, and she gives him 50 cents of a dollar that puts in the slot so like they can divorce and take the money. But something like that, Dennis Miller plays the judge and he's like, what? he's like, yeah, you two are messed up and I'm sentencing you to 30 days of hard marriage counseling. And then in the 30 days, they decide that they're in love. Something like that happens in the movie. I think there's like a, since we're talking about like liberal versus conservative, yeah. then, I feel like there's kind of more of a conservative tendency of like, I sent you to like stand out wearing a sign that says I'm a thief. <laughs> yeah, totally. But then I also think there's like sort of a liberal thing that goes like, why do we have to be regimented by these sentencing guidelines that are very harsh? Mm-hmm. Why don't I sentence you to, you know, you um, stole from someone. Why don't I sentence you to live among the people you stole from? Yeah. Oh, that's, a th- uh, um, I, 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 and I, I don't know what Asia was when I saw this, but I'll never, ever, ever forget it. It was in one of those Don't Drink and Drive videos they show you when you were probably in high school, like a freshman, or when you're maybe sophomore, because I think it's when I got my driver's license or junior. Oh, this is so good. But, when you have to go to so, the morgue? Yeah, no, 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 not that, but it's even worse. They made us watch this movie about a guy who kills a, a, a young guy who gets his license, drinks and drives, and kills someone's kid, and the judge sentences him 
to every month he has to write her parents a check for $1 for the next 20 years. Genius. And he just, it ruins his whole life. And then it, I think it, he, he like was a star student and now works at an auto body shop. And he was handsome, but now he's got a beard. Oh, like all no. the most overt visual cues that it's not going well. And then I think he has a breakdown and writes the family enough $1 checks for the next 20 years. Wow. And the mom was like, that's not how it works, buster. And I'm like, that's what liberals would do. They would fuck with your mind that way. Wow. See, I thought, I wanted you to say, um, yeah, he kills someone. Oh, should we do take two, Tim, kills... on this podcast? No, no, no. I was no. just trying to set myself up for a great joke. <laughs> you can tell me if it's good. Go ahead. You'll go like, let's pretend you said, um, yeah, this person killed somebody in a car crash, so they were sentenced to go work at the morgue. They had to go work at the morgue. And then I would go, what do you mean had to work at the morgue? More like got to work at the morgue. <laughs> like I have to go to Disneyland. That's good. That's good. Sorry. It's okay. That's great. Anyway, but you're right. There is something puritanical about both sides. There's something like, um, I think, a fetishization of justice as liberals see it. And then there's a total fetishization of violence and darkness and, and condemnation that conservatives you know, want. And I know the objection to, because I also had dinner over the weekend with a bunch of friends who are lawyers. Yeah. And hmm. they said that they're, one of them said that her dad cannot watch The Good Wife because he's always like, that would never happen. That would never happen. So I think there has to, the scene when the judge is like, I'm sentencing you to spend the rest of your life on the internet. Mm -hmm. I think that the kid who has been sitting there like comatose the whole time, um, the attorney starts to object like, your honor, that's cruel and unusual punishment. And then the kid like grabs him by the hand and is like, no, no, stop. Like I want to live on the internet. <laughs> and then the judge looks back at the parents and the parents like nod like, that's actually a great idea. Like wow. she would love, he would love the yeah. internet. And then we wouldn't have to worry about all these bodies piling up and just leave her online. Did you like how I'm so unemotionally attached to this story that I mm. just changed the gender of the main protagonist <laughs> without even realizing <laughs> it? Doesn't really matter. No, I mean, I, well, I, I yeah, that's we're just spitballing here. I mean, so one of the biggest things to come to come out of the narrative, I think, about the Parkland shooting, if we're going to be talking about what we're talking about here. Um, Children committing it, violence or yes, being victim of and, violence. And then I started with uh, not my first go-to for any kind of authority on anything, but Michael Ian Black mm -hmm. on Twitter um, was talking about how boys are broken. Someone at our company also like made a joke about banning boys. Somebody at the rap made yes, a joke about, about banning, banning boys? boys? And I'm like, that's I guess it's a cute joke, but it's also like... There is an overall acknowledgement of masculinity in crisis, I think, which is very real. And I think it's, yeah. I think it's underlying of like why Trump won. I think it's underlying of um, sexual regression, like I th mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, well, so I think it's fascinating that you would change the gender in your premise because that's probably a more urgent thing. But also, I'll just say too, there's a fantastic documentary about Amanda Knox mm -hmm. that came out before the election, the presidential election in mm -hmm. 2016. Um, and these two filmmakers made it because essentially they thought it was fascinating how we all as a society agree that women and girls should behave in public spaces mm -hmm. or in any space for mm -hmm. that matter. So they looked at like, why is Amanda Knox devious for going to an underwear store after they find her roommate hacked up? She must have killed her. So it's so I think it's fascinating to explore like when two 12-year-old girls hack up within an inch of her life one of their classmates we have a mental illness conversation mm -hmm. and if two little boys did that mm -hmm. I think it would be like how do you make a monster at only the age of 12 by the way there's another great movie about that called Boy A which was Andrew Garfield's mm. breakout movie watch it you know the mental illness thing is so interesting to me because uh, 
there is a there is definitely a thing where conservatives say, "Wow, this is such a political episode." Yeah, yeah. Where conservatives say it's mental illness. Like it we thought is it was mental, gonna be a horror pitch, it, and here it is. It, it's mental illness, and liberals say it's guns, mm-hmm. and it's like honestly, it's both. It's totally. Well, one is one is like um the symptom, and the other one is the self-driven yeah, treatment. Is, like and, right, like. And we get into these. I was thinking about you know. With this case, with the Slenderman case, mm-hmm. people said, oh, it, the problem is the internet. And I want to be clear, like, my little Black Mirror-esque story mm-hmm. is a total, like, play on that idea. Because I don't actually think the internet is the source of these problems. I right. think mental illness is the source of these problems. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that when I was a kid, I remember that, like, Satanism or heavy metal was the source of all the problems. Yeah. And it's like, no. And, like, back in the 20s, it was probably jazz that was the source of the problems. Yeah. Like, <laughs> my like jazz is making them mad. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, rock I'm and roll. That, that, yeah, um, it was rock Elvis, and roll. Elvis moving his hips. I have my, one of my best friends from high school who is a grown woman. She has two children. To this day, her Irish Catholic mother says, oh, remember when I caught you girls devil worshiping? <laughs> like, like, the, and, but and then she's like, mom, it's a Ouija board. It was set, like, like every American household in the 70s and 80s and 90s had one. But like her mother to this day swears it was devil worship. Okay, but like as a child of the 80s, mm-hmm. I wouldn't use a Ouija board. Like yeah. I would not use a Ouija board. I will not have things. <laughs> I will not have things end pointing downward. Because that's like indicative of oh, hell. Oh God! Like I will that's not. That's so Catholic of you. I would. I'm not even Catholic. I don't like things to end on the number six because oh, of that's the devil. OCD. Yeah, really? Yeah. The oh, yeah, devil? Yeah, yeah. oh, totally. Yeah, the devil stuff is real. Oh the my devil God. Stuff. I quit reading comic books because I found in the cover of Gotham by Gaslight a Batman comic where he fights Jack the Ripper. What I thought was a hidden six six six, and I was like, no more comics for me. <laughs> Tim, They're I've never known about this latent anxiety in you. I was a total church kid. I had all of this, but like, I grew up during the satanic panic in Los Angeles. Satanic panic. Oh, is this the uh, a ripple effect of the Tate LaBianca murders? Um, no, it's Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Oh yeah, who used to like play with satanic imagery at all of his very horrible murder scenes. Is that the one in Franklin Village? Um, he was all over the place. Okay, because um, that was one of the one I lived in that apartment in Franklin. Oh God, that one I lived in Franklin Vill- in Franklin Village. They tore- I lived in the staging area apartment. Oh no, that was the, the, hillside, strangler. the hillside strangler. You strangler. lived in the hillside strangler staging apartment. I did. Wow. Only apartment they had that had central air in it. Because oh. I know I didn't know before I took the apartment, guys. I was there for only a couple months. Anyway, um, but, but then listen. you stayed there for five more years, and, then and that's I, yes. weird. And now I'm still there. <laughs> um, I want to make one more thing clear. Um, uh, to your point, because I think it's an important thing to point out that might be for this ad- adaptation that may or may not happen, but also for the context of the Slenderman story, mm-hmm. a big motivating factor, because I think you said earlier, even just a couple minutes ago, um, that the internet is to blame. Mm-hmm. The Slenderman myth from my understanding, from reading the coverage and watching the doc when Mm -hmm. I did, um, comes from a vast community that is very, a a very bad neighborhood, not unlike Reddit. I think it's even on Reddit. It's called Creepypasta. Oh, but Reddit's not a bad neighborhood. It has bad neighborhoods within it. Name one uplifting good thing on Reddit. (laughs) Name one purely. I want one like... I want one Catherine Hahn of a thread okay. on Reddit with not a bad thing in it. When I wrote a story like five years ago about Rob McElhinney on, I hope yes. I'm saying that right, on when he got fat for fun. when he got fat for one uh, That season. story still traffics, by the way. It still traffics because of Reddit. Thank you, Reddit. <laughs> we love you. That is an, that is a, but if you go to that post, it's probably like, fat people should be shot. Or, no. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, Reddit's like, a bad they're like, neighborhood. They're like, this is probably the funniest thing anyone's ever done, and it is. My God. It's so funny that he did that. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm jealous that he could lose it is my, is my whole thing. But yeah. anyway, Creepypasta is the message board that gave birth and rise to Slenderman and its popularity, and everyone's weighing in. But it's a very competitive, toxic space. Hmm. Would pull of young teenage males who were like, nah, nah, like, and then the girls are on there. I like that. that's a very dark, warped social engine. Mm. And I think they didn't, the girls didn't want to just impress Slender Man. I think that on those boards in, in the late of night, while her probably middle class parents are sleeping before they go back to their next, you know, working yeah. American people yeah. are like pouring over these matched threads, trying to form identities, being 12 and really fragile, mm-hmm. and then sort of having to ratchet up their competitiveness to stay relevant in this really weird community. So I think that that should be a part of whatever well, it might become. This is another thing for this little story I want yeah. to tell. Um, the father actually had to talk about how he had experience with mental illness that mm. never led him to do anything violent. He's like, funny, when I was a slender man but and he, he inhabited my body 20 he, years ago. He, he had audio and visual hallucinations. Like they had, there was like some schizophrenia in their family. And it is like it, they were trying to make the case that this is a legit thing. This isn't like something we made up to get out of trouble. Um, this is something that's gone on in our family. So I thought it would be good for the story if they have a history of schizophrenia that for some reason is never really addressed. Yeah. And I think it's, maybe it's also because I just read um, Painfully Rich, the book, which is provides the, um, provides the basis of all the money in the world. Oh. And is a thousand times better than all the money in the world. Okay. Um, By the way, much, what a movie title. Painfully Rich is awesome. It's called Painfully Rich, and then they changed it to All the Money in the World because uh, of the movie. Oh, you're saying it was the source material. I thought it was like a prequel of some kind. It was the source material. The actual kidnapping mm-hmm. of of the young Getty takes up like maybe one tenth of the book and doesn't even happen until like three fifths of the way in. Mm -hmm. And it's a riveting book all throughout. Like it almost, it's, it's disappointing when that happens, not just because it happens, but also because like you don't want the book to end and you know, the book is going to end pretty soon once that happens. And then someone's going to put his ear on a piece of paper. They really do. Uh... They really do. But um, with that book, you just see how like when people are rich enough, a lot of things is just excused. Like, yeah. really horrible addiction just went on for years. I just thought that that could be a thing. Like, that could be a reason that the girl or boy is never diagnosed. Right. Um, and that it gets to the point that it gets to. Yeah. And also, it also gives you a chance to criticize people who spoil their kids mm-hmm. and let them have too much screen time. Yeah. Which I think we all like movies that let us get angry at somebody else. Of course. And then I think that there, I think that we're finally closing in on a, a massive, massive generational gap to where, um, you know, an old editor of mine at the LA times always said, and I really appreciated that she, she but she was, you know, just 15, maybe 20 years older than me. Um, objects on Twitter appear closer than they are in life. And oh, she's God, someone yeah. who is very, very capable of separating and walking away from yeah. anything that is eventized or dramatic or seems consequential on, that has anything to do with the digital. It's the same yeah. thing with, um, we had Army Hammer uh, for our screening series uh, right before the holidays with Call Me By Your Name and he had just gotten in some trouble for responding to a huge hit job piece on him in, in BuzzFeed and he said to the audience, he's like, I, I was so mad and I was like slamming my fist on the table My and he's, I think he said, I said, or my wife said, you know, if you delete that app, it goes the fuck away. That's right. And the and the idea and everyone kind of laughed and then looked at each other because we're like, oh my god, if you don't engage in it, it's not consequential to your life, unless you get maybe like a nude photo leak or you know or, or some, something along those lines. Like, but 
I think that we're dealing with maybe the last generation of parents that understand that 12-year-old girls mm -hmm. that are allowed, or, or any child, 12-year-old child who's mm -hmm. allowed to engage in the internet that much, that is an entire subset and, sub -so and a subculture that is very consequential to their identities. Mm -hmm. And you can't look at it as like, oh, she's on the computer, Bob. And then she stabs somebody 47 times. Well, you know? another, another thing my friend and I were talking about, we used to go for like these long bike rides when we were like 12 and 13. Yeah. Or like walk around the entire town yeah. like and come back at 9 or 10 at night or right. whatever. And people were just like, oh, how was your day? It was cool. We had $3. Mm -hmm. We bought a giant loaf of French bread. <laughs> And two purple crush sodas. Nice. And just walked everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, poked in at stores. Talked and about people. 666 imagery in and, a comic book. And talked about the devil. Yeah. <laughs> um, and how to shame the devil. <laughs> and, like, no one worried about that. Yeah. We, and it wasn't even that safe of a town. Yeah. I mean, like, where I grew up was, like, much less safe than, like, where I live now, where I probably wouldn't let kids walk around. Yeah. Um, it was, like, you know, satanic panic and also like yeah. gang violence in LA. It was like late eighties or like, yeah, this was late eighties. So it wasn't, we, we had run-ins. We like would get on the bus and like see people with guns and we we're yeah. just like, yeah, this is part of childhood. Right. But exactly. like, you know, the stand by me thing where like right. there were bullies and it and all of the Stephen King world where you, stranger things, you yeah. ran into real danger yeah. as a child. And at some point I think parents just started like, let's not do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I think it was like in the last 15 or 20 years that they said, let's just, Keep them inside. Yeah. Like now we have the technology. Or and then phones. And if you're and, uh -huh. and then but that kind of access begets, I think, more control. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, how far are you? You're this far? Don't know. And now call me when you're back. And now and that, um what mm -hmm. I love is all those moms that are like, Where are you? Send me a photo of you at Amanda's house. Now throw up a peace sign. Seriously? Now do Oh yeah, like just yeah, there's a funny, there's all kinds of buzz threads about about these kind of helicopter parenting. Yeah. But what I meant in case I wasn't clear, what I meant was I think we're closing in on an on an generational gap where parents who think that kids who are engaged in internet culture are adorable yeah. or nerds or are doing yeah. something harmless. Parents, like essentially the new walking around town and disappearing for six hours mm -hmm. is your 12 year old mm -hmm. being online until 3 a.m. talking about a fictional ghost. Because you know where they are. Yeah. Yeah. But so that doesn't mean safe. you shouldn't, you know what they're engaged in. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think parents quite understandably like kind of like screen time a little bit. Oh, yeah, especially for young kids because they shut up. Because they shut up and they're safe. Mm -hmm. But are they, and I don't actually think this is true, but I'm kind of playing devil's advocate, are they losing their ability to differentiate the stakes in real life from the stakes in fake life? And also, are those two things merging for them? I think that that's the point that your, your idea makes is that they definitely do merge. I don't know. And also, like, who's to say, like, what's real and what's not? I mean, Moshe Kasher, mm -hmm. really great comedian, has this joke where he says that if you're in the middle of a Twitter scandal, go camping. And, and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then when you come back, it'll be over. <laughs> like, don't worry. Just go camping. Yeah. And you do see, like, when you're – I don't. you've probably been in the middle of, like, a huge Twitter fight at some point. Mm -hmm. Like, I refuse to do it now, but, like – yeah. You, unless someone criticizes this podcast, in which case we are going to the mattresses. At me, bro. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, you definitely do see that you can just like, oh, I can turn off the computer and walk to the gas station yeah. and get a purple crush and a French bread mm -hmm. and everything's cool. Right. It's just, yeah. Do they, do they see that? I don't know. I hope, I hope, and then I also think about. Well, this is so not relevant to this podcast, but like, then do the kids have any rights? Of like, how no. do you how do you overinterpret? Like, 
I don't know. I think about children have no right. Please, they'll just be seen and heard and not seen. Um, no, but I think about like also overinterpretation of uh, of behavior when it comes to um, to what you what you engage in, what you say, and what you search. I don't know. It's different different topics. Different topics. The other thing and I think we need to be conscious of this is yeah. that every single generation thinks that whatever the kids are doing, that like society is over. Yeah. That's true. That's like, true. Yeah. Oh, they have cars now. Well, the, they'll never know the value of walking. Yeah, it's over. Google wired cities. They'll never know <laughs> plugged in internet. They'll never know what an Ethernet cable was for. Yeah, the record player. Now they'll never learn to play instruments. <laughs> it's all over. And that that part was true. That was true. But no still, killing people should get you punished. Yeah, that is like a for show. Well, even it, liberals and conservative nuts would agree. It goes back to uh, it goes back to the ancient rule of storytelling of like you can always use a murder to make anything interesting. Like if you want to write about like I want to write about segregation in yeah. Oklahoma in 1920, and people are like, that sounds kind of academic. Yeah. It's like, well, what if someone's murdered and it exposes <laughs> a community rift? It's like, oh well, I'd yeah. like that. Exactly. Yes, I enjoy those. I need much. a little boy or girl to be a symbol. So who plays the grandfather in the attic who has undiagnosed mental mm. illness that no one ever talks about? I mean, only because... I mean, only because he's so good at sitting and being creepy and regal. It's Anthony Hopkins because of the whole Westworld thing. Right? He's best actor. Yes. Ever. But then, I, but I feel like the, um, the, the grandfather in the attic needs to be more volatile, and Anthony Hopkins might be too regal to be that unhinged. Uh, there's a movie called Silence of the Lambs where he's pretty vulnerable. Yeah, well, he wasn't a grandpa then. <laughs> and also, by the way, wh- what action do you ever see him doing that movie? Except for with his oh, tongue. with a It's <laughs> amazing. He's lean and mean in the first Silence yes, of the Lambs. Yes, but he doesn't really move. Like, who can sell that big physical... He grabs and shakes someone mm-hmm. in the most terrifying way. That movie is... It's true. That, I, I think that is and, the best movie the way, ever made. No offense, but you know who right now just looks... So terrifying. I'm so sorry. And it would be a genre um, flip for him, but Chevy Chase looks oh, yeah. haunting as a person. And if they lit him with every crag, like Crypt Keeper, and gave him the right music cues, that could yeah. be a very haunting He seems moment. like kind of a difficult person to work with. Do you don't think so? <laughs> also, he right, by the way, now, he looks literally now like Graydon Carter. Chevy Chase oh, looks wow. like Graydon Carter right now. Wow. So get either one of them in there. Graydon Carter's like, I look nice. Yeah. By the, way, then, by the way, when Graydon Carter put himself on the cover of that Vanity Fair magazine. Oh, my God. Don't do that. I know it's like his last. No, I know, but he's... still, yeah. He, he took someone's place. Yeah. Man. Um, but uh, wait, wait, wait. Um, and the boy is obviously your favorite, Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. <laughs> who you thought was Finn Wittrock. You, you know, thought, yeah. if, if he is like that likable it makes it even more painful to watch. You don't want it to be like a creepy kid. You want it to be like a really sweet kid. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like when Macaulay Culkin did um, The Good Son with mm-hmm. Elijah Wood, where he plays the evil little boy. Mm-hmm. Still one of the most fucked up things I've ever seen on screen. Remember when he pushes that dummy off the bridge and it looks like someone committing suicide? Man. Caused a 15-car pileup. Little shit. Boys will be boys. Uh, who plays the concerned mom and dad? Mm, um, Andrea Rice Barrow. Because she's got a good concerned oh, face. Yeah. And we'll give her nice long hair. Yeah. And a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> a sweater with like a flower on it. Um, and then the dad. How about if the dad is the clown from It? Just 
an, an but, unacknowledged Pennywise. But the actor, like unacknowledged, the actor who plays him, Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, Bill, Sk- and they never talk about like how he's also you Pennywise, full costume Pennywise. Like, what do you mean Jeffrey did this? Well, because you know he always, <laughs> he's not in Pennywise costume. He just always has the um. You know he always has a potential to go Pennywise. Yeah, exactly. Where you're like, is this when he's going to do it? Is this when he's going to do it? <laughs> and he doesn't. And it's all scary. And then he doesn't at all. I don't know. At all. Hopkins as his dad. I can. I could buy that. I'm as, into it. As, well, no. Andrea Riceboro needs a... Well, Hopkins is his dad. Oh, it's his dad, yeah. yes. But Andrea Riceboro needs someone age appropriate. Is Bill Scar... How do you say his name again? Bill, Bill Scarsgard is like 22. What about... Ooh, Patrick He's Wilson. that young? Yeah. Those Patrick Wilson's great, but he does so many of these. He does. Um, McConaughey? Oh, Jesus. The best idea ever. Yeah. He would like, they no ghosts come in my house. Son, son, you know the difference between reality and yeah, the son, game. Son, the internet's a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> did I just see the worst McConaughey? I think I did a worse one. No, it's kind of like, it's kind of like um, uh, no, wait, hold on. I got it. Hold on. Uh, uh, wait, because... Uh, you know Always done lose this game. She got she's pure heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, I found out over the weekend, same visit where we talked about yeah. the son. I have a really good Mr. T imitation. Wait, do and you? Can I you give it? Can you? No, I can't. Because it's racist. Because oh no! I, I'm not gonna do an imitation of an African American. Here's the man. thing: we're I'm gonna t- we're crazy. gonna take the mics, we're gonna turn off the lights, we're gonna log into Creepypasta, and you're gonna do your Mr. T I'm impersonation. Say, my Mr. T is so. I was scared by how good it was because, oh like, God. when I was a kid, I spent all my time watching Mr. T. What's Mr. T doing now? <laughs> Mr. T's the best. Mr. T's my favorite. Like um, I read his autobiography. I'm now, like I knew Mr. T, and yeah. then of course I accidentally have an amazing Mr. T. Right. I'm now gonna go and see what kind of pro-Christian symbols are in Mr. T that you devoured it to avoid the devil. Mr. T's a devout Christian. Mr. And T's his chains Christian are made man. of gold. His whole soul is made of gold. I signed a pledge at Boy Scout camp to not do drugs because of Mr. T. Oh my God. And Mr. T, if you're listening, I followed the pledge. How many years is the contract? It's forever. It's oh, for life. Oh, that's too binding. I never did a drug, Mr. T, if you're in the neighborhood. Uh, ever. Ever. I'm doubtful, but uh, only the Slender Man knows. Yeah. And if I know, he knows, I know. He knows. <laughs> so all will be revealed soon enough. What if Mr. T comes into the end and like has a Duzex mock and <laughs> saves everybody from the Slender Man? Um, I think that that would be the perfect end to the, our most meandering episode of Shoot This Now. But it's been really fun. Yeah, what do we call this thing, by the way? Um, I thought about like what is real, and then I was like, that's a little... The Slender Man can because he mixes it with love and makes the world feel good. Oh, my God. We're going to include a show link to the worst performance of that song ever. Really? Okay. It's this poor little kid who somebody made dress up <laughs> and perform that song. And it is... Just click on the link. Wow. If you click on nothing else, click on this yes. link. This poor yes. boy. His name is Zach, and it's called the Zach Attack. <laughs> and he goes, hey, guys, you ready for some candy? Chocolate malted candy? And then he does, the candy man can. It's like. He's like, hey, Ontario, how y'all feel? It's like, it's like Upland. When I say candy, you'll say man candy. Man. Candy. Man. Slender. Man. Oh, slender. no. Now he knows. Oh, my God. Now he knows. Oh, no. How did he get? I didn't say it. Did you yes. say it? This podcast is now over. That was my Slenderman. That was my Slenderman. Why do I think this Slenderman would have a really booming voice? Was that your Mr. T? 
No. That was uh, maybe subliminally. No. Wow. That was more like my "You are now on the seven <laughs> gates of hell." Well, no, you don't like devil stuff. Everyone, we have to end the show right <laughs> okay, now. Okay. Goodbye. Thank real you so much. Is it really real? Son, let me know what's real. Son, if it's really real. Something I can feel. Son, load it up and kill one.